As far as I'm concerned, as long as that same respect and recognition is not shown toward every one of our people in this country, it doesn't exist for me. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to have just an off-the-cuff chat between you and me, us. We want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Welcome back to another episode of The Malcolm Effect. As always, continually bringing people on who are straight fire. Welcome for the first time to The Malcolm Effect, Micah Valentine. How's it going? It's going fantastic, man. How are you doing, Mamadou? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for agreeing to come on. Micah's TikTok is full of responses to people who make a claim of, oh, but transgenderism is going against basic biology. And I thought to myself, this will be a great conversation to speak about all things sex, gender, from a scientific perspective. So Mm -hmm. my first question becomes, as a scientist, biologist, how do you understand sex? I understand sex through a, it's a crossroads of several different factors. You want to look at hormone washes. You want to look at physiological traits. You want to look at Mm -hmm. chromosomes. You want to look at physical uh, phenotype so when you gather all these together these categories of the old days you kind of had like a binary right you had like male and female but Mm -hmm. when you actually take a look when you break down when you take a look under the hood you realize that a lot of people do not actually fit into these boxes so Mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of difficult for people to uh, think about because when i say that sex is a bimodal gradient they say well what's the difference between a person who is 75 percent male and 100 percent male and that's mm. not exactly the way to look at it. The bimodal gradient specifically has to do with our ability to categorize these things into two different boxes, two different extremes, rather. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about it like, oh, I have seven out of 10 and this person has 10 out of 10 male traits, that's specifically referring to our social categories that we have constructed around the natural world. It has nothing to do with like, oh, you know, Mamadou, you're 99% male and I'm 63% male. You know what I mean? I, I hear that. I hear that really often. So when it comes when it comes to like the categorization of sex, it has to do with several different factors and often more than just your chromosomes. And interestingly enough, a lot of people like to refer to these chromosomes. And my favorite response is, what are your chromosomes? <laughs> chances are you don't actually know right because it's, yeah. it's not commonplace to test them unless you have some type of uh, congenital defect that the doctor would like to ensure that is not like sex linked or you know what i mean it's it's in in human biology and when it comes yeah. to you know specifically like medical treatment in general just the world like living in society we don't often we find that we don't often refer to biological characteristics when it comes to sex People look at me and they assume that I'm male and that I'm a cis man. Yeah. Not because they don't know my, not because they know my chromosomes. It's because of the categories that we have constructed and have socialized as male and female. Yeah. Thank you so much for that answer. So then you're telling me what I got taught in grade year six and seven about XX meaning woman and XY meaning man is wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, pretty. (laughs) Yeah, as you find out as you get older, these subjects do get rather more complicated than you, you start out in kindergarten learning that there's only 10 numbers. And then, you know, you know, you get to the second grade and you're like, oh, what the hell? This shit goes up to 100 like this. Yeah. It, it, you know, nature is pretty complicated and often does not fit in these um, 
highly defined uh, categories that we have once learned to be just the rule of law of reality. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, as And even over time, you know, we're expanding our definitions of these things and redefining these categories so that it properly comports with reality. So you could have for an example then someone with XX chromosomes but still present as a man then. Is that, could that be the case? Oh yeah, I'm sure that's entirely possible. You know, I could actually be carrying an extra X chromosome and I'd never really know it. There are also uh, some cis women who walk around with only one chromosome. You would call that, uh, I believe it's called Turner syndrome. And um, they, they do, there is a lack of, what do you call that? How, how do I want to say this? They generally appear to be shorter, mm-hmm. smaller secondary sexual characteristics, but you would classify them like the normal person would classify them as a female. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this is what I mean when we're talking about like a bimodal gradient. And what's also more interesting is that you could have the XXXY chromosomes that are typically associated with your sex, and then you could lack the hormone washes that are typically associated with your sex. So, you know, between you and I, one of us could have more estrogen flowing through our <laughs> flowing through our body, yeah. you know what I mean? It's all bio, biology does like bio, we make these categories and then biology laughs at us basically because it's highly <laughs> individualized. So now translating sex into gender, into the category of man and woman, why do you feel it doesn't match up neatly? I know you spoke a bit about it, but please unpack that further because I know in some of your videos you've spoken about sex is biological, but when we speak about gender, that's sociological. So where, where is this like disconnect taking place? Oh, sure. The easiest way to understand the way that bio, the way that uh, sex and gender don't really comport with one another, don't really have like a one-to-one relationship is to just imagine the differences in gender from 300 years ago when Mm -hmm. the color pink was masculine and the color blue Mm -hmm. was feminine. Think about the gender differences between our modern society and the indigenous peoples of North American continent, where they had people who were two-spirit. Think about other cultures. You know, this this type of information has been long been erased through like the Catholic Church and whatnot during Mm -hmm. the era of colonization. But there were there were many cultures who had three, four and fifth genders. The very fact that there are variation in gender is an indicator that there isn't a one to one relationship between sex and gender. Mm -hmm. Um, And the very fact that, you know, me, a man and another man out in the world today have different views on what it means to be a masculine man or rather just a man in general means that gender is not a one to one relationship is not in a one-on-one relationship mm-hmm. with sex and gender there's too much variation happening there's ha- the variation happening between individuals there's variation happening between populations of men from different cultures there's variation happening between population from men in modern society and past societies so we can see clearly that a lot of this is socially constructed there is there is an element of truth here that in certain cultures gender did have some relation to sex now, but this, it's not, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a one-to-one comportion. You know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah, it, it's it, interesting. It, because... it, it, it was like basically a method of like effectively a like control. If you want to think about like gender and sex relationship, and then you think about how the patriarchy interacts with that. Yeah. Women are supposed to be the birth givers. They're supposed to be cooking. They're supposed to be the child rears. You know what I mean? There's, there's your element of one-to-one relationship to sex there. And that's, I would believe that is very oppressive. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So when we think about people will say, often say, oh, but 
why does it seem to be a phase right now? Why does it seem to be a, a craze right now? Why are so many people coming out as transgender when it wasn't the case historically? Even that's actually quite historical because transgenderism has existed in all, almost all societies, actually, when you look at histo- history records. So my question then to you is then, just maybe as a response to people who say, oh, but it seems to be clearly the doing of an agenda aimed at kids and it's confusing the kids and now kids are all coming out as transgender. Back in the very early 1900s, I want to say like 1890s to like 1910, uh, mm-hmm. there was a situation in which left-handed, people who were left-handed were suppressed by the church. There was some mm-hmm. association with uh, being a likened to the devil, mm-hmm. Satanism. So they were forced through basically child abuse in the home and at school to write with their right hand. In some cultures, yeah. they were actually had their hands cut off for using their left hand. And now over time, over the generations, l- let me start by saying during this time, left-handed people were around like one to 2% of the population, okay? And now over time, throughout the generations, it has risen to somewhere between 12 to 15%. Now, is it a fad? Is it like a, a craze or a trend that people are left-handed now? <laughs> no, it's an indicator that there was social forces preventing people from being who they actually are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when you have a situation where we live in a society that's um, extremely oppressive and restricts the freedom of people to be who they are and to express their identity, and then these gates start to open very slowly and cautiously, and more people tend to trend towards expressing themselves or feel safer expressing themselves. To call that a trend or a fad, I don't really know what that means because that's mm-hmm. all the that's the way that it always was. You know what I mean? Exactly. Absolutely. So my next question, another science question. Mm-hmm. People often point to gender being rooted in biology because of gametes. I am not a science person. So what the hell are gametes and are they sexed, male and female? Okay. So yeah, gametes. Oh, gametes. Okay. Thank you for the, yeah. <laughs> for the correction. <laughs> Gametes are something like sperm or eggs, right? And okay. these these come together to form zygotes and in sexually reproducing species. So we have asexual in in a biological sense. Asexual doesn't mean you have a an averse to sexuality. Asexual mm-hmm. means that you produce uh, you have a different reproducing strategy than sexual than sexual reproduction, right? So okay, in sexually reproducing species, we have sperm and egg, and mm-hmm. when these combine together. They are haploid cells, which means they have half the necessary half the necessary chromosomes required. So when you connect mm-hmm. them together, you get your full 46, you get your 23 chromosomes. And mm-hmm. this forms a zygote, and the zygote develops into the embryo. So this mm-hmm. is what people are talking about when they, when they say gametes. Now, how do you know, based off of looking at me, that I can produce sperm? You don't know that. Mm-hmm. That's the, when people say, oh, it's about your gamete production. Okay, well, if I am if I am not virile, if I cannot produce sperm, am I no longer a man? Or what mm-hmm. about women who were who are born without the ability, not the ability, sorry, because they are born with eggs. They yeah. they're born with all the eggs that they're ever going to have. So, yeah. what if they were born without those eggs? Mm-hmm. What are they? You know what I mean? The the, the definition, the definition exactly. destroys itself immediately. Oh, well, you mm-hmm. can say that those are outliers. The fact that so when people say, you know, these are outliers, that's a hand wave. When they say that, you know, sex is binary or gender is binary, but also there are anomalies and outliers, that's a hand wave. A binary doesn't have outliers. A binary doesn't have anomalies. The very mm-hmm. existence of quote unquote outliers 
necessitates the existence of a bimodal system. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in, in, in respects, I do have to reject the idea that sex is based solely on gametes. <laughs> Thank you so much. And then people seem to point to a sexual dimorphism as a proof for the binary. How would you respond to that? They say, look, if we look out in the world, we see men are different to women. Mm-hmm. Now, how much of that is socially reinforced? There are, there are plenty of cis women who would look like cis men. There are plenty of cis men who are, they're cheeked up like shit. Mm-hmm. It, it's the sexual dimorphism. It comes, it really generally comes from hormone washes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if we're really going to talk about sexual dimorphism, we have to really focus on hormone washes. This, this is probably the biggest indicator of your phenotype or what you're going to look like or how you're going to present um, okay. in a sexual in a uh, in a sexual respect, the sexual dimorphism, I pretty much also have to reject, you know, because I'm five foot nine. There's mm-hmm. another man who's eight feet tall. There's another man who's mm-hmm. seven feet tall. You know what I mean? It's the dimorphism is also too vast. There's so much variation within a sex. How could you say? How could you say that the sexual dimorphism is an indicator between gender is an indicator that gender is related to sex? Then we should all be about, you know, a similar size. You know, there shouldn't be exactly there shouldn't be a four foot five man who's 110 pounds soaking wet. And then a dude who's six foot seven, 320 pounds. What that's pretty dimorphic to me. If you if you ask me literally half their size. So what when we're talking about sexual dimorphism in a biological terms, we're generally talking about. We're not only talking about sexual reproduction. We're not talking about in social respects. So the sexual dimorphism thing, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just I, I just don't think I just don't think it works out. You know, there's just mm-hmm. a lot there's there's also so much variation within a sex that I don't believe I don't believe that you can actually make a cogent argument with that. Mm-hmm. There are <laughs> Like some men have beards, some men don't. You have to when you when you ask them what the sexual dimorphism means, I could find you like 20 to 30 percent of that population that don't align with that definition you understand what i'm saying no absolutely so we've spoken a few about hormone washes speaking to someone who's not a scientist or has very weak scientific knowledge what's a hormone wash what are hormones and does the hormonal difference like for example testosterone they say for example men have more testosterone estrogen is found more in women is that the case does that have an effect on people so in a general, very general respect, there is truth to that. However, mm-hmm. there is you do have estrogen as a cis man. And women also, cis women also have testosterone. There is a fluctuation that occurs. You know, when people talk about cis women and their periods, you know, there is a hormone cycle there. But yeah. what many people don't know is that cis men also undergo a hormone cycle. And all, as well as during your embryonic stage, hormones are going to be like the biggest drivers of biological development. You know, it mm-hmm. these horm- hormones are effectively messengers. So they carry these chemical signals to different parts of your body and they tell you to, hey, you need to produce this or, hey, you need to make this. This is how this is going to look like. Mm-hmm. They are, um, there are architects that send their people out and these messages get carried out. And then mm-hmm. these are the construction orders for certain things. This is why, you know, somebody gets built up to like seven feet tall and broad shoulders or some people only get, you know, paltry five, nine. You know what I mean? Right <laughs> I'm five, nine as well. So, I thought that's a, can we say like poultry four, nine or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah four, nine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's hormones. Hormones really dictate the sexual dimorphism or your phenotype. 
it has it has less to do with your uh, chromosomes. And that's the funny thing is chromosomes for them to actually do anything. They have to be mm-hmm. unpacked. Chromosomes are very tightly wound packets of DNA. Yeah. So that has to be that has to be unpacked and then you have to split the DNA and then you mm-hmm. have to attach you have to attach markers to it to create the RNA. So when people talk about these chromosomes, I don't you're talking about something that's inert. You know what I mean? You're talking about something yeah. that has almost almost no function in the body unless it's being acted upon and being activated. Okay. So then do the chromosomes chromosomes themselves have like an expression? So like what's their function? Because people again like to root gender say no the chromosomes have a male or female expression and i somehow believe it's going to be quite laughable to the scientific community but maybe you can help me unpack that or respond to that yeah so these these chromosomes i don't know why people really like hone in on like one type of chromosome you know you have you have 23 pairs you have 46 chromosomes and the thing is is like like i said like i said these they're effectively inert until you unpack them yeah. So they have to be they're very they're very tightly wound. And yeah. for some reason, like the basic biology crowd, quote unquote, they really focus in on the 23rd pair. Uh, what about, you know, the 13th pair? What about the 11th mm-hmm. pair? What about the third? You know what I mean? It's it could be like all of these get unpacked at some point, And all of these have genes that influence yeah. your phenotype. I don't I don't know why we focus. We focus in so much on the sex chromosomes. Because yeah. it plays a very little, very little role in how you're going to look. Most of the time, it's going to be your hormones. Yeah. As we, as we see with many people who are, you know, they're born, they're born female, but there's a, there's a gradient to how, there's a gradient to how genitals look like. Like people like to mm-hmm. simplify sexual dimorphism through genitals. Like you have a penis or you have a vagina, like, like dog, like, I don't know if you know this, but there are people with penises who are like one inch long and there are others with 13. Like what you don't, you don't see the, you don't see the dimorphism there. <laughs> like, like just because you have a Y chromosome doesn't mean you're going to be hanging. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just the, that's just the big and small of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. <laughs> I watched one of your videos and you spoke about there being uh, variations within intersex. Do you mind unpacking that a bit for me? Oh yeah, sure. So you could have, um, you can have very visible intersexed. Uh, appearance here where you can you have some components both primary genitalia or you could have elements of internal intersexness like you could be mm-hmm. a man and walk around and have an egg just mm-hmm. floating in your body you know what i mean yeah and you would just you would just never know that's the thing yeah you, you could walk around your whole life and just never know it maybe the reason maybe the reason that you are a man and you have you know wide hips or something like that is because you're carrying around an egg that's <laughs> Yeah. Producing estrogen. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you could be you could be a woman, a born woman and have like internal testicles. It's just it's just the it's just it's just the way that biology plays out. It's not always so neat and cut and clean and dry. A lot of things a lot of things don't go one way or the other. Sometimes it's both or some variation in between or sometimes it's neither. Yeah. You could have and the, you know the very fact the very fact that you have some like some type of gradient within intersex like is also an indicator that sex is not bimodal mm-hmm. or sex is not mm-hmm. binary i'm sorry so is there an argument to be made for transgenderism can be rooted in biology or is that something that we shouldn't do i'm not quite sure that we should do that there the information on that would be 
incredibly new. So mm-hmm. if I were to make a statement on, you know, whether, whether transgenderism is rooted in biology, we would have to wait a couple decades on that one to see okay. what the verdict is. But as, as I understand it, I don't believe so. I think it's, I think there's a heavy socialized component to it. You know, mm-hmm. we as human beings, so, socialization affects our biology. You know, mm-hmm. there are things like, think about trauma, for example. The generational yeah. trauma, when you look like throughout black history, like it has literally yeah. altered our genes or think about trauma experience as a child and you grow up to develop specific, specific personality disorders, which are mm-hmm. physical things that happen to your neural synapses. There is, there is a very, like we are very heavily influenced by the things that we are socialized by. Yes. And I think that there is way more to look at when we're talking about uh, social pressure, pressures and social forces as the root for being transgender or transitioning to a new gender than there is mm-hmm. biology. So would you say then gender is entirely sociological then? I would say, I would say yes. It is, it is only biological insofar as we, have, we live in a material world. And Mm -hmm. we identify things and apply categories on top of things that we view in the biological world Mm -hmm. as far as, but, but beyond that, you can't exactly know somebody's gender until Mm -hmm. you ask them. There are like, really, really, I don't, I don't think that there is any tie between like biology and gender. And if, if, you know, if, if somebody is on the fence about that and they, they think that that's intuitively wrong or whatever, because they see that women tend to look like this and men t- tend to look like that. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'd encourage them to build a time machine and visit another society where the, the appearances were quite different. You know yeah. what I mean? Situations in, with, in which men wore makeup and high yeah. heels and wigs. Yeah. These, are the, these are the things that are considered feminine and things that, are, are, that women te- typically have in our modern society. Yeah. It's the fact that these these definitions do not translate across cultures and throughout time that leads me leads me to believe that this it's an entirely sociological phenomenon and not a biological one. Absolutely. And then another claim is okay, if it's not rooted in biology, then why do people who identify as trans engage in gender affirming care? Oh yeah, that's that's very simple. It's because society has applied this type of socialized binary on top of a very apparently biological bimodal system. Mm-hmm. It has kind of forced people into these two categories. You have to look this way or you have to look that way. Think about the men who they go to Turkey because they have no facial hair. So they get follicle implants, follicular implants. Think about the fact that in your 50s, I guess, you start experiencing erectile dysfunction. And that's why the Viagra that's why people take Viagra. You know I mean? That's also a component of gender confirming or gender affirming care. There are simply, simply because it is a social phenomenon does not mean that we will not try to take on or alter biological aspects to increase the appearance. So because we live in a society that so heavily tries to conjoin these two aspects together, there are people who want to comport with that reality. So if you think about if you think about the hyperfeminization of women, if you think about yeah. the hypersexualization of women, this is a reason as to why so many of them are flying down south to get uh, cheaper BBLs, risking mm-hmm. their life. You yeah. know, it's a part of like, oh, if they think that they're a woman, why do they need to? If they already feel like they're a woman, why do they need gender affirming care? It's because of the social pressures that we apply on ourselves. Yes.
The, the most egregious one I've seen is these, um, I don't know if you've heard of this, these silicone implants into your biceps. Have you seen those? I have not. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, they're incredibly dangerous. Don't ever do that if you were thinking of it. Christ. Yeah, and they look they look absolutely ridiculous, but it's a part of the, I'm a man, but I want to feel more masculine. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to alter s- something about my appearance, which is biological in nature, to appear more masculine. Yeah, once again, like the sociological phenomenon is related to the biological insofar as that it sits right on top of it because of how we perceive reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. So final thoughts. What do you want people to take away from this when we think about gender, biology and people who are just going to be bigots as well? Yeah, I mean, I'd say if you want to take away anything, I'd say be yourself. Don't be so worried about definitions. It really like you could drive yourself crazy. If you want to sit here and define a woman to me, I'd say define a chair without excluding mm-hmm. anything that isn't a chair. You yeah. couldn't do it. That's the thing. Is There are some sociological definitions that don't have a cut clear definition and you just have to sit with that. It's going to be mm-hmm. I, like, I trust me, it's going to be OK. The The thing is, is I I started making these videos because I got really tired of the it's just basic biology thing. Yeah. I got really tired of people conflating gender and sex because they have two very different functionalities in our society. Yeah. Yeah. The way biologists use and categorize sex is entirely different than how the medical community and society at large uses sex. Society mm-hmm. at large conflates sex and gender. Some components of the medical community community does as well. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is in the med- when you're talking about medical treatment, they also they also have a different kind of view of sex than biologists do. Because a lot of it, if you think about it, okay, so you have a trans woman who's going in for treatment. Would you treat her the same as a cis man, as a cis male? Because they have both Y chromosomes? No, they have entirely different healthcare needs. Yeah. They have entirely different hormones going through their system, hormone fluctuations. So there's there's the difference there in a biological sense when you talk about you, you do so much transition. Could you even be considered... A person who is just, you know, you were still born male. You're like, that's their thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, you do enough gender affirming care. You kind of stop biologically being the sex that you were born as mm-hmm. or assigned Absolutely. as rather. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I know it's mm-hmm. like a short kind of introduction, but I hope this can serve as just an intro for some people. And then please, you can check out Micah's TikTok, which I'll leave in the description of the episode until next time. Peace out, people. Yeah, take care.